Welcome to episode 047, The Catastrophizing Mind and How to Quieten the Mental Chaos with Amy Taylor Cabanz. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Beautiful one, I'm so excited to share this oldie but golden goodie with you. It is a recording from my Om Mama Love program where I was really lucky enough to interview some beautiful mamas that inspire me. Amy Taylor Cabaz is not only one of my closest friends but somebody that always inspires me. And even though she's been on the podcast way back on episode 010, I felt the need to share this chat with you again today because we talk about the catastrophizing mind and how to quieten that chaos, that chaos within the mind. And that's kind of appropriate for the world that we're in right now. This world that is constantly pushing our buttons and asking us to be in a state of fear, to step into the energy of catastrophe. I remember my husband turned the news on the other day and I was listening in the background while I was cooking breakfast and I heard the newsreader say, the reason that we can't come out of lockdown in relation to COVID-19 right now is because she explained, you know, how the curve, <laughs> how it all can double and triple. And she said this, she said, and just like that, you can go from five people to 5,000 people infected with this. And I heard that and I just went, oh, dear God, turn it off. There's so much out there that is trying to pull you into the energy of fear. And then we end up in this state in our minds where it feels chaotic and we're focused on catastrophe all the time. So I decided to share this chat with you again today with Amy Taylor Cabaz. And if you don't know who Amy is, you are going to really enjoy her, her energy, her attitude, her wisdom, her light. Amy is an internationally awarded life coach, a best-selling author, and an award-winning journalist and creator of Happy Mama. And over the past five years, she has coached and supported more than 5,000 women through her many online programs, one-on-one -on -one coaching, workshops, retreats, allowing her an inside understanding of how women are affected by and live with modern motherhood. And hand on heart, she has coached me through many of my experiences. She's 12 years into motherhood, and I'm only five years into it. In 2013, she created her very first formula for women with young children to help them navigate these enormous changes that we all go through, the demands and expectations placed on women. And of course, now the demands and expectations placed on us as women and mothers in the world and the experience that we're all in. But it wasn't until Amy discovered the groundbreaking research of matrescence that all of her years of research, interviews and coaching finally came together. Please go back and listen to episode 010. You will really understand matrescence more through the 
insight, wisdom, knowledge, understanding that Amy presents, and I highly recommend it. Whether you're a mother or not, we need the whole world to come on board with this idea of matrescence, this transition of woman into motherhood, just as much as the world understands adolescence, the transition of child into adult. So I'm going to leave you with this beautiful conversation, and I hope that by the end of it, you feel that you have received one beautiful way through this catastrophizing mind that we all easily step into and maybe one beautiful tool or insight that helps you feel you can quiet the mental chaos that of course we all experience because we're human I can't wait to hear back from you as to how you experienced and felt into this chat with Amy Welcome, Amy. It's such a pleasure to be chatting to you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, beautiful. It's an honor. Oh, yes, for me, definitely. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the catastrophizing mind and how we kind of work through that. And it's something I really want to touch on because I find that it's really easy to switch into this mental state since becoming a mum. I know that we all have the, the ability to catastrophize all the time, but since becoming a mum, it's kind of like almost a default and it takes a lot of work to, to move out of that. So I want to start here by diving straight in and asking if you could share, even if it's just one example, but just sharing your personal experience with catastrophizing and that mental chaos that comes with it. Well, you're absolutely right. It's a daily challenge with mummerhood, isn't it? And as you were talking, three examples in the last 48 hours popped into my mind. <laughs> awesome. No need to prepare for this interview. <laughs> no, no, this is my daily experience. Um, I have found if I had to sort of summarise the, the one part of mindfulness that I've had to work on over and over and over again in the eight years of motherhood, it would be this. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm particularly good at catastrophizing or not or whether I'm just really aware of it, but um, my inner mean mama voice, as I like to call it, that really loud, awful negative voice in my head is very, very good at jumping on something and blowing it out of all proportion. Mm. Um, this was my experience from the second they put my daughter, my first child, on my chest. <laughs> it, was, um, it was really this uh, battle to stay in the moment and to trust myself and know that I've got enough strength to get through whatever's coming, no matter what it is. So, for example, just two nights ago, my husband and I went out on a date night, which is a pretty rare occasion. We, we talk about it a lot and we, um, we often say, let's see if we can do it next week and things always come up. We don't have any grandparents near us here in Sydney. So we rely on some pretty amazing neighbours to do a babysitting swap. Um, whenever we go to our neighbour's house, their children sleep peacefully the whole time. And I get to sit on the couch and read InStyle magazine and watch Netflix. And it's kind of a night off for me. I love it. The poor people, when they come to my house, it's a freaking disaster. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Um, my son, for some, uh, look, I, I don't know whether it's just him or whether it's changed in parenting because we were in Sydney on our own when I had him and we were in Adelaide with the first two and I had grandparents around all the time. But he is particularly bad to go to sleep for anybody but me. Mm. So we 
got to the restaurant, I literally had my first bite. This was a pretty nice restaurant, one of the lovely new ones in Sydney. We'd kind of got a bit dressed up and it was a bit of a special occasion. Had my first bite and my phone on the table started ringing with my neighbour's name popping up. And tears were instantly in my eyes. It was this moment of this voice in my head saying, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in your podcast, beautiful. You can but swear, go for it. <laughs> the voice in my head was, for fuck's sake, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Oh, God. <laughs> I've seen that many times. And the thing is, yes, that's a shitty moment and I don't think mindfulness can change that. But what I am very aware of is that very quickly my mind went into why does this always happen to me? I never get a chance. I must have done something wrong. It's because I raised this little boy differently than I raised our girls. I'm never going to have a life again. My marriage is going to fall apart and I can't believe I'm not even going to finish dinner. And no, 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 no. My neighbor's going to hate me and she's never going to babysit again. And it was like this avalanche Mm. of negativity washing over me. And there is my husband who knows me very well sitting opposite me and can see me just go into panic mode. And he's like, babe, don't worry about it. She'll handle it. She'll just keep him up. And so my two-year-old sat up until quarter to 10 on the couch reading books and watching TV until I got home because he refused for us to rush our dinner and rush home. But I know that's a really long answer, but I know that everyone who's listening to this knows that experience. And I had two choices there, Claire. I could sit there, and I did at the beginning, All I could do was think about him and freak out and stress out and think my neighbor's going to hate me. He's going to be a disaster. I'm never going to get any sleep again. Why does this always happen to me? And ruin the rest of the dinner and just ruin our date. Or do what my husband said, which is just let it go. He'll be fine. He's not going to die. And we kind of, and I could, because of all the work I've done over the last eight years, I could let it go. I could take a big breath and rely on, you know, my inner instinct, which was he is fine and be able to finish my dinner. So just being able to pull that back every time, Mm -hmm. not, I call it the rabbit hole, you know, not diving down that rabbit hole of guilt, of catastrophizing, of I'm never going to have a life again. Why does this always happen to me? That kind of things. It's in those moments where you can pull it back and not dive into the into that rabbit hole that makes all the difference. I think. Oh, hundred oh, percent. I totally agree with that. I just think you've just described that so, so spot on. I feel like I I was actually there and that was me. <laughs> and it happens on a daily basis, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's the thing about this catastrophizing mind. I mean. You know, it's uh, you see them with green snot and you think, oh, no, they're getting sick and I'm not going to be able to do that and, oh, my God, I'm going to have to change this plan and I can't do it. You know, it's this daily challenge to, no, don't go there, be in the moment, who knows what's around the corner but whatever it is, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to figure it out. Mm. Um, that's what it is for me to keep coming back to. Well, I think that's spot on what you've just said. I've had that exact same experience, in fact, with just scheduling our session today Mm. I've got a sick little one as you know and she's been literally attached to the boob for 24 hours and for all I know she's going to come banging on the door any moment and start screaming mama mama but yesterday I thought well I I better call Amy I better cancel I better reschedule and I thought you know what let's just wait till tomorrow let's just wait Mm. and see what happens at that point Mm. and right 
one minute before we were supposed to start, I realized actually now I can do this. She can go watch TV. It's all good. Mm. So you've, you've really exemplified how important it is to kind of just pull back, let go and see what's going to happen. Just mm. let it be because you actually might be surprised, I think. I think that's been a big learning curve for me. Just you don't actually know the answers, Claire. You don't actually know exactly what's going to happen. You can't predict the future. It might just be okay. And also it won't be perfect. Mm. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to look like the way you want it to look like. That date night was not what I wanted and it's not what we needed at all. But it was in the end, it was enough. It was okay. Actually, it was kind of nice. We reconnected as much as we could and we came home and I had to deal with the two-year-old at 11 o'clock at night. Okay, fair enough, so be it. The thing is, we could have turned it into even worse if I'd reacted differently or if we'd, I don't know, I think there's, I don't like this word because I think it is a, has a lot of connotations around it, but as women, we can very quickly turn into that martyr mm-hmm. of, oh, well, I'm just going to have to do it all myself. Oh, I'm just going to have to sacrifice my life for this. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, we, we very quickly go to that if we're not mindful. And I know uh, my, the women in my family are black belts at martyrdom, so <laughs> it's in my DNA. And I can do it very quickly if I'm not really strict with myself doesn't have to be this big drama it didn't work out the way it, I wanted it to but it's going to be okay I can still make lemonade out of these lemons kind of idea yes yes but that's it's such a brilliant thing to touch on that swinging between the victim mode and then into the martyrdom yes it's just yes. we we all do it you might have a black belt but I'm pretty sure that every woman out there has had some serious education in in all of that. Yes. And it is learnt behaviour. It is passed down through generations. And um, I have a beautiful, very enlightened mother who's very, um, this is where I get my focus from. She's very much into energy work and spirituality and self-growth. And um, she said to me really early on in my motherhood journey, you don't have to do it the same way as I did. Amy, you can break the pattern. You can do this differently. And that really stuck with me because I can see some patterns in the way that I feel about this journey. I can see some patterns in my marriage. I can see some patterns that I know have been passed down to me. And for my mum to say to me, you don't have to do this. You can be the one that breaks that and you can set the new pattern. It was quite liberating and I've been really aware of that ever since. That is just beautiful. I think if every mother passed that on to their child, that they had the space and the confidence to change whatever it is that they felt needed to change, that would just be perfect for that individual person and then what they continue to pass on down to their children. That's just awesome. Yeah. So actually let me just move into that. When you said you know, breaking these patterns, because as you were talking before about the scenario you were describing – And you mentioned that, you know, you've done eight years of work and you're at this point where it doesn't mean that you don't move into the victim mode or you don't go into guilt or you don't have a moment where you catastrophize. You do, obviously, but you see it very quickly and then you choose differently. So for those of us listening, whether we've done work or not already, can you kind of bring to life a little bit how you're actually breaking that pattern and how you're actually choosing differently in that moment of catastrophe? Because... 
for some of us, it's, it just seems almost impossible. Well, I know I'm doing it. I started to notice I'm doing it, but I don't actually know how to stop doing it or even That's right. create a change. So can you give us a little bit of insight as to how you do that? Yes, I am... Um... I was talking to the, about this to the women who do my Reconnect program recently and for many years I, uh, I was a very early student of Louise Hay and Positive Affirmations. My mum gave me the Louise Hay You Can Change My Life book. You Can Change Your Life book when I was 15 and a totally messed up teenager. So this has sort of been something I've been aware of for a really long time but for many, many, many years I thought the the goal was to when you recognise that negative pattern, when you recognise the catastrophizing, the guilt, the martyr, whatever is happening inside your head, you should change it to something positive. I thought that that was the goal. So, you know, for years it would be, say, you know, even before motherhood, you know, oh, my God, I hate myself, I hate the way that I look, I hate this about myself or, or whatever it is, I'm so hopeless at this, I can never get this right. I thought I should be saying to myself, oh, no, 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 that's not right. Okay, I love myself. Mm-hmm. I accept everything ab- about myself. I am a perfect creation of divine love and all is good in my world. And <laughs> I did. I honestly thought, and I think that a lot of us think that. We mm. think that the goal is to just quickly change it to something positive. And it took me literally my whole life almost to realise that I've missed a step in there, that Yes, there's the negative voice. You pick it up, you notice it, there it is. Before you jump to that, my life is perfect and I am so aligned with my truth or whatever the affirmation is you want to use, there's this space in the middle where you stop and acknowledge it and just feel it and ask yourself what's true and kind of let it bubble up a bit. Um, for a really long time I just squished the negative down quick 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 I'm not allowed to think about that I can't think like that I'm such a bad person I have to think positive um and that did nothing it's like a band-aid on a gaping wound it was it had no effect on how I actually felt Mm. within me and it had no effect on my energy it was just more lies on top of each other I have now realized that when I am in that space of, you know, the phone's ringing and it's the babysitter and I can't enjoy my meal, I'm allowed to feel crappy for a few minutes. I'm allowed to say, actually, this does suck. Yes. (laughs) This sucks. Um, It's not about not feeling that. In fact, I should feel it for a moment, but it's not diving down any further into it. It's not going into the suffering of that. It's not buying into it even more and using it as evidence of how crap the rest of my life is. Yes. It's one moment. It sucks. What am I going to do about it? And then... I can have the positive affirmation if I want to. I can do the deep breathing. I can change my energy, whatever I want to do. But for years and years and years, I missed that bit in the middle. And I think that that's what wasn't working for me for a really long time. I think that was just the best set of tips I mind. <laughs> Truly, I'm just rereading over those notes just going, this is just perfect. Oh, good. Because it's exactly how I think about positive affirmations and I say it to my clients all the time this is not about just reciting words because they are they are just words ultimately unless there's something deeper within them you have to do the work first in terms of feeling into what you feel acknowledging it sitting with that shadow for a little bit moving through that coming out the other side 
But what you've just described in terms of motherhood is just spot on when you said, stop, acknowledge it, feel it, let it bubble up, but don't go into the suffering. Don't go into the evidence of my life is crap. It just is what it is. That's just such a perfect way to process the catastrophe that we we deal with in our minds. Thank you so much for that. No, that's you're so welcome. And I think for me a lot of that uh, understanding came from starting to, um, you know, having that space when you're not in catastrophizing mode mm. to gather your truth. I hope that makes sense. Yes. But what I mean is that we can't do that when it is falling apart around us if we haven't got some tools in place that we've put in place when it's quieter. So that is journaling, meditating, having some time off, going sitting at the beach and just breathing, whatever it is where you're able to go, okay, I now I know what my truth is. I do really know what's what's right and real in my world. Then when it does fall apart with the kids and whatever, then you've kind of got something you can reach for and hold on to. But you need to be able to do that work outside of the disaster as well. Mm. You've got a reference point. You've got a point that you can swing back to. Completely, yes. So it's interesting that you've said that. There's two things that have come up for me. And I just realized that the meditation that's attached to this particular months and theme is actually called the stop meditation. It's basically a, a mindfulness technique and I just think it's perfect that you've described this step-by-step process and the, the most important part of it was stopping and pausing and being in that space of acknowledgement so that everybody listening can know that there's a meditation that's going to fully support them with what you've just described which is Fantastic. just obviously synchronicity working its magic but you also mentioned in terms of uh, having a tool that you have touched into outside of the crazy times and I want to bring that into meditation now because obviously this is what, what is the core of what I believe in, which is creating that stillness, that clarity and that connection through meditation so that you actually can tap into it when you are in that catastrophizing state. So I know that you're a big fan of yoga and meditation and all that kind of stuff. So talk to me about your meditation practice in particular. Talk to me about what that looks like for you now as a mum and I guess if you were to pass on to a new mama who's learning about meditation, why do you feel it's so important? Um, okay, I'll start right back at the at first part of your question, which is what is my practice? So my practice is very fluid. I, um, I have a goal practice. <laughs> I have an ideal practice, but um, with three children that have an amazing ability to rotate illness just as one finishes the next start so pretty much I never have (laughs) three-year-old children um I'm very I am very kind to myself about it but what um my life looks like is that um after so many years of doing breakfast radio I am totally incapable of staying awake after nine o'clock at night Mm. so um I go to bed really early and I wake up at 5 or 5.30 every morning. That's just the way my body clock works Um, because for years and years my alarm went off at 3.30 in the morning to go to work. So my brain just works better in the morning. So I get up 90% of the time before my children's. That's not always the case because some decide to wake very early. But most of the time, and that's my absolute sacred time, it is... Oh, I just love it. 
<laughs> it fuels my soul. I get up and um, it really, I, I used to be very strict with myself about what I did and now I am completely fluid. So mm. there is always movement. There is always meditation. And if I still have enough time before someone comes and pops their head around the corner, there's always journaling. They're my three things that I absolutely love. I sometimes listen to um, a meditation on my phone while I'm moving, while I'm doing my yoga stretching. Um, sometimes it's a kundalini meditation. But most of the time, no matter what version it is, the one consistency is massive connection with my breath. Yes. Um, this absolute focus on waking up my body and my mind and my spirit to prepare for the day. So, yes, I would love to say that um, it's, a, it's an hour long every morning. That is my goal, but it often isn't because there's someone coming and having a little chat with me. <laughs> so that's that's kind of my that is my absolute non-negotiable. And then through the day, I, I I just reconnect with myself all the time. In my reconnect program, I have a three-minute meditation. And the goal for all of the mamas in the program is to do the three-minute meditation three times a day. Because I think we, you know, once those kids are up in the morning, we can often totally forget to stop and reconnect, a bit like your stop meditation, I'm sure, where you stop and reconnect with yourself throughout the day. You know, motherhood, busy modern lives, whether you're working or, or not, it's it's a race mm. every day and we can start our day great and we can finish our day great, but somewhere in the middle we completely lose ourselves again. Um, so I also then just have, you know, throughout the day these little touchstones, these little moments of stretching, turning on some music, going and sitting in the sun. I'm addicted to vitamin D with my thyroid condition. I need a lot of it. So I just go out, breathe, let the sun on my face. Have, you know, like there's lots of little self-care moments through the day. It sounds like what you just described, Amy, is that it has intention though. So even if it's somebody else might be having a cup of tea standing on the balcony, but, but you've set the intention that this is a special moment, even if it lasts a minute. And I think that's really key, isn't it? the intention behind what you're doing makes it feel even more sacred and special. That is absolutely correct. And I think, and I often can't talk about this without getting teary because this is my absolute driving passion in my own life and hopefully in my work is that I never, ever, ever want to live an unconscious life. Yes. I, I want to be here for every bloody second. I want to be rethinking and reconnecting and asking myself, is this happiness? Is this what I want? Am I, you know, the person I want to be? I am consciously trying to create my life every day. And that is what is peppered through my day. So yes, you're right. It's an intention to sit down and eat beautiful food while I'm listening to, you know, or watching a podcast or listening to a podcast or something that in every moment I'm like, how could I do this mm. more consciously? Um, that is not to say that I ha don't have totally unconscious moments. Of course I do. But the more I go along this journey, the more that's my driving force is that I, I just want to be questioning and aware and conscious every moment I possibly can. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I'm with you there 100%. I feel like my life is richer, even if the days are the same, my life is richer if I'm more conscious and more present. So that is just, I hope everybody can take that away and start yeah. to apply that because that's just beautiful. Okay. Thank you. 
So I think the one last part of my question there is if you were to talk to a new mum or somebody mm-hmm. who is in the throes of motherhood, whatever stage that they're at, and meditation has come up for them, what would you share to them as to why that is so important and why that's something they should definitely make space for? Because your spirit needs it. We give so much to these beautiful creatures that we have brought into the world and the pressure and expectations on us as women is so profound. But if we don't have that space where we can fill ourselves and reconnect to who we really are on the inside, I do honestly feel like it just passes us by. Meditation, I know for sure, not only helps you feel calmer when it does fall apart, uh, is able to slow down that catastrophizing mind to be aware of what that inner mean mama voice is saying, but also it soothes your nervous system Mm. on an absolute physical level. You know, we talk a lot about the spiritual benefits of meditation, of course, because that's what you and I are so passionate about, but on an actual physical level, you know, as you said, you've been, you've had a little girl on the boob for the last it's like the, the physical exhaustion that we go through in these early years of motherhood is so underestimated and our nervous system is in fight or flight for sometimes for a decade. Yes. <laughs> I know, you know, my eldest is eight and so that's eight years of parenting and that's eight years of me getting broken sleep, no time to myself, unreliable routines, you know, like it's exhausting. It almost sounds cruel, doesn't it? It's mad that we do this to ourselves when you think about it. But, excuse me, but if we, and therefore just having that 10 minutes where you are allowing that nervous system to just catch its breath, Mm. it will help you with your sleep, your anger, your anxiety, your weight, everything is allowed to just catch up a little bit if we can give ourselves that space. So, yes, it's an amazing spiritual tool, but also it's an amazing tool for exhausted, overwhelmed mothers. Yes, spot on. Everybody listening, what Amy just said, listen to that, (laughs) write it down and meditate. That's what you're all here for because you've just covered the whole gamut of benefits it's just excellent <laughs> yeah I to me it's just the, my everything it's like you mm. know if I've gone a couple of days without it I can mm. see my husband look at me like oh I she hasn't meditated in yeah. the last few days might just keep a nice big space between me and her because it's gonna crack she's gonna crack and I feel that I feel my nervous system tingle and I feel myself on edge I meditate and it's like everything just starts to exhale yeah. That's and the right. pieces just come back together and I feel whole again mm. and I feel like I can cope physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically. Yes. Thank you. You've just, yeah, that's beautiful. I love, I love everything you've just said. I love you. Oh, You're so amazing. Bad. Oh, feelings mutual, beautiful. Thanks, honey. <laughs> so let's just wrap up with one last question. Mm-hmm. It's probably a big one um, and it's not really necessarily about meditation, but if that's what comes up again for you. But if you had to pass on one piece of advice, just one thing to a new mama, so you've just bumped into a new mama on the street and she's doing her thing, frazzled, you know, overwhelmed, whatever it is, if you had to say one thing to her in that moment, what would that be? 
be kind to yourself. You are a newborn as well. Mm. I honestly believe that when we give birth, whether that's not how they came into the world, but when we brought them into the world, we also bring a new version of ourselves. So we are completely reborn and we are figuring it out as we go along. There is a new part of you that has been created and there's old parts of you that are dying, that are changing, that are evolving. Who you thought you were has just been shattered. (laughs) Be kind to yourself. Mm, Amy, that's so beautiful. And to me, that is just like the essence of self-love. That's mm. just, oh, I, absolutely. I've the had to write this down. Compassion. Yes. You are a newborn as well. That is just mm. one of the most profound sentences I think I've heard in relation to motherhood. That is just so oh. freaking spot on. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Oh, and sometimes I still feel like that. Sometimes I look at my 18 month old child and just think, wait a minute, it hasn't been 18 months because mm. I still feel fresh in oh. this game. I still feel like I'm a little chick trying to hatch out of my shell. Mm. and sometimes I see the light of day and sometimes I don't so that's just really supportive to be reminded reminded of that Mm. I'm so glad yes I wish I had understood that at the beginning but then I wouldn't have learned what I needed to learn so (laughs) exactly everything happens as it's supposed to and now you're here with your wisdom and your love and and helping so many of us mums and I bow down to you for that because without beautiful beautiful souls like you there's a lot of Escaping holes and black holes for us mamas. So I appreciate your truth and honesty and love and support. And I know so many, so many other mamas out there do too. Thank you. Did you enjoy that chat, beautiful one? I hope you did. Amy is just, she is something that the world needs right now. And I hope that she has inspired you to continue on your path of awakening your journey of consciousness. And I can't wait to hear what you think. So please share this with your friends, with your other mamas, and let me know what you thought. Signing off now, I'm just one mama on the path to work. And I hope you choose to wake up with me too.